0: Blob Talk Radio.
1: Solutions Hour. Our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm your host, Gregory Turner.
0: And I'm your co-host, Brian J. Henderson.
1: Brian, every time that music starts, I get people emailing me, what kind of, what is that? Is that secular music? I'm like, no, that's not secular music. That's magic by Robin Thicke. If they if they really listen to the words that he's saying, Brian, he's saying that we can do all things.
0: That's right. That's all right. things.
1: He's saying that we have the magic touch, and we have that, Brian. And tonight, We're going to talk about all of us being able to receive. Uh, We have a wonderful, wonderful, powerful man on tonight. He's going to help us uh, learn how to receive. And, Brian, you know how it is sometimes when you've been waiting and waiting and waiting on blessings and you've been praying and and you know these things are going to uh, materialize and you you just get tired sometimes. You get tired of waiting and you want yours right now. You know what I mean?
0: Oh, yeah, I absolutely know what you mean. I mean, I want mine right now, you know. But I know that, you know, easy come, easy go. That's something I learned when I was young. And I've actually, you know, witnessed that easy come, easy go thing because there's a lot of things that I got when I got it real quick. It was gone just as fast as it But when, you know, you take the slow and steady road and the easy way of getting something, you understand how to appreciate it. And then, you know, it stays with you a little bit longer.
1: That's true. That's true. But Brian, you know, so many times we get so so bent out of shape. Oh, he's not there. Everything is happening for everybody else, and it's not happening for me. Here it is another Monday, same job, same thing, and other people are getting blessed, and and here I am on my end doing everything that I can, but it's not happening for me.
0: Well, I mean, it always could be worse. So just because it's not better, doesn't mean it's not happening. I mean, you're better. You're not being any better could mean that just staying where you are is wonderful, you know. And if you don't believe that, ask the person who just lost a family member or who just lost a job or who just lost a great opportunity at doing something better. Mm -hmm. You see, your situation could always be worse. That's right. So I always say, you know, rejoice in what you have now and strive to do better.
1: Brian, let's bring our guest on tonight. I'm I'm excited. I'm ready for him to come in. I think he's going to definitely bless a lot of people tonight. And we're just all ready to hear from him. And I'll tell you what, people, get your pen and pad ready because it's going to be a good, good show. We're going to bring up some good points, and we're going to talk about some things that a lot of people won't talk about. So we're just excited, Brian. Let's bring him in.
0: Yes, I have to apologize. I have these allergy things going on, so if you may hear me sniffle a little bit. And so I apologize ahead of time. But I want to bring on a powerful man of God, a man who, when I first met him, he was he just had so much humility and energy that he inspired me. And when he came on the show the last time, he was just, you know, he was very humble. And, you know, every little thing that we said about him, you know, that as we talked about him, he always took it in stride. But we have with us tonight Pastor Al Wilborn, and we want to welcome him back to the Abundant Solutions aisle. Welcome, sir. Praise
2: the Lord. How you guys are doing this afternoon?
1: Oh, oh, man, we are wonderful, and we are so glad to have you back. And when Brian Amen. was talking about y'all, the first thing that came to my mind, and I think you might have heard me say it, was a teacher. Amen. A teacher, a teacher. And and the students are ready, and we're listening because we know that you have something for us. And you heard Brian and I talking back and forth. Yes, sir. Today's Monday. You know how it is Monday morning when people are, oh, it's Monday. Same old things, same things happening, nothing happening for me. Why do these people feel this way?
2: Well, we got to understand the word of God, God cannot lie, and uh, his word is settled, and we have to receive it just like it is. But the most important thing, the Bible says, Walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, that word walk is translated to mean to live. We have to live the word of God. It's holiness of hell. And if you can line up with the word of God, God cannot deny himself. He said in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and God was the word. So everything from Genesis to Revelation is a promise that God made to us. See, that last will and testament, the Bible say, unless the tester dies, then there's no effect. Effect of the testament so when Jesus died everything that he mentioned to us in the New Testament is promised to us We are heirs to the kingdom of God He said I came that you might have life and have it more abundantly So we need to tap into how to receive the promises and the blessings of God and God has given me the gift to teach And preach how to receive those blessings and promises that he has for his people
1: Well, you know what how important you said the word how important is it for us to know the word? We, 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 we go to school and we learn about science and social studies and math and English. We learn all those things that we're told will, will help us and prosper, but very few people know the word. I mean, how important is it to know
2: it? Well as a as a believer, the word is is, is is all that we have. That's our vitamins, that's our that's our strength. Without the word then then there's no eternal life. So the Bible says study to work, study the word to show thyself approve or workman that need not be ashamed, right? They divide in the word of truth. So if you can't divide the word right and know how to eat it to live and get the right proteins, then you will never get the strength you need to carry on. So God is telling me and teaching me how to present the word in a simple fashion so people can easily understand it. And I often tell God, say, God, help me to dissect your word so that I can better digest your word. So often we choke off the word of God because we don't know what it means. He said you have not because you ask not, but when you do ask, you ask it for a miss. He says, seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of this righteousness, and all these things should be added unto us. We need to know how to go before God. And once you go to God correctly, that's nothing he will not give unto you.
0: You know, it's funny in this world in this day and age that you have so many people, and they want stuff. They want to know, you know, how to get stuff. And, And I put it in those terms because, you know, this is sort of like a, me first generation now, where everybody's trying to get, you know, I remember the song, so you just do you, I'm going to do me. And so that's the kind of generation we're in now, where everybody's trying to attain something. Everybody's trying to get what they can get, and nobody's really learning how to get it, you know. And, you know, tell us, how, how did, first of all, how do you know when you're supposed to receive it? Well, the Bible
2: said um, without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is God and that he is a reward of them that diligently seek him. He says, seek me early and you shall find me. And that's the problem that we have. We fail to spend time with God. Prayer is not only a communication with God, but prayer is a lifeline. It's a, it's a source of power that the, the believer has to be connected with God. He told Joshua, we say, now that my servant Moses is dead, meditate in my word day and night. And whatsoever thou doest and whatsoever thou goest, thou shalt prosper. We need to get an intimate relationship with God. If we say that he's the Lord of our life, then therefore every decision we make, we need to go through him. And I say this to many of my members. I say a lot of times we are in financial situations because when we get paid, we go out and do what we think we ought to do with our money, not considering asking God what to buy. You go out and buy that car because you wanted it. Well, God knows three months from now you're going to lose your job and you're going to lose the car. Then you get bad credit. Then you want to struggle about giving your tire. And I use the term giving versus paying because we struggle with paying things. So you need to give God what's due unto Him freely because He loveth a cheerful giver.
1: Mm-hmm. Amen. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. <laughs> you know how? How? But you know, you have a lot of people out there that they say they say they're believers, but then when something happens, they fall apart. They they say they're believers, but the conversations that they're holding outside of uh, the church or outside of the prayer group or the Bible study is totally different. It, it's a little bit more negative, and it's really Amen. showing who they are. Why why do you think a lot of people are, uh, they say they're believers, but they're really not, and and they're struggling right now? Why why do they not just fully commit and believe?
2: Well, one thing you must understand, the flesh. Uh, There's no good thing that dwelleth in the flesh, as Paul said. And I heard a preacher once say, the flesh is a mess no matter who bones is on. So first of all, we've got to learn to crucify the flesh. We have to learn to walk in the word and walk in the will of God. And if you want to please God, he say, for those who hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. And one of the things that drive us apart from God is the fact that we fail to want to suffer. He said, if you, if you, if you want to reign with me, you've got to first suffer with me. And this Saturday night, I preached a message over in Bad Alstom. And the subject was, in order to go up in God, you got to first go down. See, Joseph was cast in the pit by his brothers. He went to Potiphar's house and had rule over his house. Then he was falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, and then he went down into prison. Those same steps he went down in 20 years later, he came up out of those same steps, back to second in command over all of Egypt. See, we must first learn to suffer and go down. We want to experience the power of his resurrection, but nobody want to go through the fellowship
0: of his suffering says, everybody want to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And and, and I'm living so that I can die and live again. Because I know eternal life is real. uh, Job said, though you slay me, yet will I trust you. And I want to share this with you, the Lord. Gave me this the other day. When it comes to Job, the Bible say the day that the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and slewfoot came in the midst. We call him slewfoot because he can't walk right, he can't talk, right, he can't do anything right, so he slewfooted. And when he came in the midst, God say, Whence cometh thou? In other words, he was already going about his business. And one thing you got to understand, God has the power to destroy Satan at any time. He said I created both light and day. I created darkness. I created both good and evil. So the devil is reserved for specific time and purpose. But God is using him as an instrument of righteousness. And i give you an example. God used Pharaoh as an instrument of righteousness. He used Nebuchadnezzar as an instrument of righteousness. He used the wicked to chastise the righteous because we are his chosen people. And my son is two years old. When he gets old enough to get in trouble with his buddies, I'm going to send his buddies home, but I'm going to beat him. See, God will chastise his people quicker than he will in the world. That's why he say fret not because of the evil doer when they prosper in their way. Because they're going to soon be cut down, but I'm going to chastise you because I love you. You're mine. Now back to Job. Did God say, Job, uh, the devil, have you tried my servant Job? Have you considered him? In other words, when you live in holy, God will literally and deliberately flag down Satan and send him to your house. God knows that Satan is coming to your house because he sent him there. But the first thing we want to say is, God, I bind the hands of the enemy. Well, a lot of times we can bind it, but a lot of times God has us to go through these things to take out some things in us that's not like him. I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, the Bible said that Jeremiah went down to the potter's house. Well, there was a piece of clay that God was working on Wheel the potter was working on the wheel. But in order for that clay to get hard and be useful to, to contain something, it had to go in the fire see, God is taking us through the fire to take out those things that are not like him. One more example. Look at gold. They dig it out of the ground and they take it back to the furnace. And that goldsmith heats it, hot as he can get. And he's constantly watching over into the furnace. And what he does, all the impurities that are not like gold comes to the top and he scrapes it off. And he turns it up a little bit more. And what the goldsmith is looking for, the same thing God is looking for. He's looking for the, his reflection in the gold. God is looking for the reflection in our lives of his son. That's why he's turning that Heat up, because he's gonna take all that sin out, all those works of the flesh, and all the way he can get it out. You got, you, you got to go through the fire in order for your clothes to get clean. Those whites gotta have some bleach in it. Those colors gotta have some washing powder in it. You got to have some friction in it in order to come out white as snow.
1: And we think, mm-hmm. we and we think he's not listening. We think he's not there. We think that every time we go through the the fire, we 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 think it's for our bad. You know, for our you know, it's for the worst for us. But. In actuality, it says all things work for the good of those who love him.
2: And look at the three Hebrew boys. They they served God. They told King, let it be known. If he choose not to do it, we know that he's able. But when they went into the fire furnace, they actually got to see the Son of Man. God shows up in your situations. He shows up, he shows out, and he brings you out. So James tells us, the first chapter of James, it tells us in verse 2, he said, My brethren, the church, count it all joy when you fall into divers temptations, knowing this, that the triumph of your faith worketh patience. That word patience means endurance And let patience, let endurance have a perfect work that you may not be entiring wanting nothing, that you might have all that you need in God because you are going through See, a lot of times when you see the glory of God upon a person, you better believe that glory represents a story. You don't get the glory without a story. You got to go through something to get something from God. Go through to get to. Joseph went through to get the way he was to save all his brethren, to save all the Israelites because he went through. And when we go through, we got to know how to stand still and see the salvation of God. When God sends Satan out to us, he gives him permission to go because he can't do nothing without God. So God gives him permission and the chill leaders say, no, the angels are like chill leaders. they saying, come on, come on, come on, just stand still and watch God move. That's all you got to do. Well, so sometimes we want to be like, I believe that was Rebecca or Isaac's wife. We want to help God out. God don't need no help.
1: <laughs>
2: that's all we got to do is stand still and be obedient now this is one thing I also teach we know Genesis which means the beginning we know Revelation that's the end so if you know the beginning you know the end why you struggle with the middle wow wow
0: I never thought about it like that that's good stuff man <laughs>
2: I mean, the end already tells us that we are more than crunched. We already got the victory. The Satan is going to the, to the pit. We already know that. We already know the streets pay the go. We know these things. So why are we struggle with them? We just need to carry ourselves through the process and watch God move. There's going to be some hard days. There's going to be some, there's going to be some good times, but my good days always outweigh my bad days. And one thing I also teach at the church that I pastor at, Holy Temple Miraculous Work, what I teach is when you see the devil coming, you ought to get excited. Because once he gets finished with you, testing you, with God's permission, he's going to bike up at your front door, and he's going to lift that dump truck up, and he's going to dump your blessings out. See, what he's trying to do, he's trying to take your blessings with him because you get out of the will of God. But if you stay in the will of God and let him do what God sent him to do, before he leaves, he's got to bike up and leave you your blessing.
0: Now, he's, he's got to because
2: God sent him there to do that. Yes, sir.
0: Let's get back to this thing of how we receive. Because I think that's really the, the most important part. Because I think even even with the, I, I don't even want to put it this way, but I guess the, the most hardened believers, the, most, the people that just believe in God so much, a lot of them struggle in receiving because they don't understand what they're getting.
2: And, you know, and let, me, so let me put it this way. Yeah. Let me
0: put it this way. Sometimes when somebody gets a blessing, they don't understand that that's a blessing for them. You know, I and I know someone uh very close to me. Whenever they get something, they give all of it away. They never they never keep anything for themselves. They always give away way more than what they get. And I tell them, "Sometimes what you get is for you." Amen. It's all it's like if you if somebody gives you a whole bag of seeds and your idea is to spread those seeds around to everybody else, you have nothing left to plant. And maybe that maybe those seeds were given to you so that you could plant a tree for yourself. Amen. As well as plant some other trees. But if you give all of your seed away, you know it's like it's like over in uh Africa when the the people were going through famine, they ate the seeds. Mm-hmm. You see, if you eat the seeds, you have no trees to grow. You have no seeds to grow trees. So you can't have food. So now you fed yourself for the short term, but in the long term, you're going to be hungry. Amen. You know. So what about those people who don't understand about when the blessing is for them?
2: Well, the Bible tells us. Those that are led by the Spirit of God, those are the sons of God. In all things, you have to have a relationship with God, and I, I teach this. Um, there are certain denominations believe that, that you have to go and confess everything to a priest. Well, Jesus died that, that that veil may be rent from top to bottom so that we all can go boldly before the throne of grace. So we need a relationship with God. God wants to speak to every one of us, and we need to have a listening ear seeking to hear what he has to say. So everything that we get, we ought to consult God on what, we, what he wants wants us to do with it, and we can never go wrong when he tells us, and a lot of times we miss our blessings, we give our blessings away, the scripture tells us it is more blessed to give than it is to receive but the Bible says give your tithe, but it also says when it comes to your offering don't give your necessities away so we gotta, we gotta use wisdom he says if any man like wisdom, likes of God, so a lot of times we fail to miss our blessings because we're going about it the wrong way, we're not lining up with the word of God mm.
1: that's powerful that's so problem. I think a lot of people right now are are really, really getting this. I think they're taking their notes down and a lot of this is really what we believe in, in how much time we spend uh, in our relationship and building that relationship with him because I, I, I've noticed a, a lot of people I ask them all the time, how much time do you spend by yourself? Well, very little. I, I don't like being by myself. I don't like waking up late at night because it's, it's kind of scary. It's just nobody but me woke. Everybody else is asleep and and I'm just going, I'm thinking crazy thoughts and well, well why don't you pick up the word and read it? Amen. How how hard is it to uh read the book of life? It's the book of life. It's real, it's living, it's moving. When you read it it does something to you. And I tell you what, Pastor, every time I read a scripture, I get something different. Amen. I can read it Monday and go back and read it Wednesday and it's totally different. It applies to uh our daily lives. And so many people, um, we're, we're on Facebook all the time, and so many people say, you know what, I, I, I knew, I see the scripture that you put out there. I, I, I know it, but it just seems a lot more powerful when I read it or somebody else tell it to me. Amen. Do you think it's, people feel that way because they get so caught up with the day-to-day hustle and bustle that they just totally disconnect from him?
2: Hmm. Well, once we realize what's the lifeline, we got to have that relationship with Him. We ought to be able to talk with Him at all times, or be able to seek out His desire for our lives on a constant basis, a day, day throughout our days. a lot of times we get caught up with the things of the world, and we fail to really look at the blessings that we do have. There's so many people that are less fortunate than we are. Uh, many countries are less fortunate than we are, but we have a God that we can call upon, who would never leave us, nor would He forsake us. Sometimes we feel like we're all alone, but God said, I will never leave you. See, the disciples walk with Jesus, but we have it much greater because he's inside of us. If somebody's inside of you, you, you connect it to that individual. Mm. And you ought to be able to talk with him. You ought to, the Bible said that we can reason with God. Uh, uh, Abraham reasoned with God concerning the destruction of Sodom and Gomorrah because he was righteous. The Bible said his faith was counted as righteousness. We have to take the word of God and literally apply it to our lives and say, God, I'm going to hold to your word and I'm not going to let it go. Joseph, Jacob told the angel, angel said, I got to go. The break of dawn is coming. He said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I hold on to the word of God. I grab a scripture and I hold to it like I'm drowning in a lake, like a lifeline. And I say, God, I'm not going to let this go until you bless me. I was sick in the hospital. They said I had a heart attack. They said I had cancer in my kidney. They said I had cancer in my lymph node one time, but I read a scripture in Isaiah 53 and 5. It said that I was healed by his stripes. I didn't care what nobody said. I didn't care what Dr. Green said, Dr. Lou. It didn't matter as long as God said I was healed, and I held to it. Mm. And I'm living live with no pains today. And I give another example. My wife, we have a two-year-old son, but she said she wasn't going to have any kids because uh, she was a teacher. She's been a teacher for 27 years. So I told the Lord, I said, Lord, I want twins. And I told my wife, and she, she didn't like that idea, but I told the <laughs> Lord. And and I prayed, and I fast, and I, I left it in God's hand. Well, we went to the doctor, and she said, well, we're going to have a baby. And she she was pregnant, so we went to do this ultrasound or whatever they call it there, and they, they, the lady was bragging, said, I've been doing this for 20 years. So she said, well, there's the heartbeat, and I see it. And she got ready to wipe the gel off, and, and I was sitting there because I knew what God told me, and I knew what I asked God for. And I stood up and I said, look, you need to look again. She looked at me with her 20 years of experience. I say, yes, look again. She say, somebody must be done told you something. I say, yes, he did. And she, I sat back down, and she put that gel on, and she looked at it and she say, oh, my God, there's two of them there. And, and you know what? I would have missed my blessing if I would have stayed in that seat because I knew the face that God told me. I stood up, and I made that baby jump back in there because I stood up. And we miss our blessings because we sat down on God. The Bible says, "Lunch your cash your bread out in the deep, and his days it shall be returned." Well, Faith. You know what? If
1: That's God said it, it, it,
2: can't. It, he cannot lie. Yes, sir.
1: I just got a, a email from someone over in Africa, and they're listening to the show, and they're saying, they're saying, "I'm standing with you, brother. I'm standing <laughs> with you." Well, praise <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> yeah so we have people all over the world listening in tonight and and like I said, they're taking their notes and they are you are truly truly blessing a lot of us and i and I know Brian, I have a question for
0: you. no, I was gonna say you know a lot of people have an issue with that word that you used earlier, and um, I want to ask you how important is this word called faith? Faith is the Key that starts the
2: vehicle. You can go out and get your brand new Escalade, and that's my that's my that's what I ask the Lord for. I want a nice Escalade. But what good is I'm going? What good is the Escalade sitting in my yard and I don't have the Cadillac key to start it? You can be the greatest Christian in the world, give your time, give your offering, you can give your body to be burned. But if you don't have that love and that faith that it needs to get you to heaven, you won't go. You cannot start a vehicle without a key. That's true. That faith is the key that unlocks that doors to the promises and the blessings of God. You got to know if God said it, it doesn't matter how how high the water gets, it doesn't matter how how hard the wind blows, if God said it, he can make even the winds obey.
1: Mm. So what you're saying is we need to take the limits off of him and go That's all it. out. Go all Let me out. give
2: you- let me give you another example. The Bible said in Genesis one and one, in the beginning, uh, the spirit of God moved upon the face of the deep, and it began to, and it was void, it was dark, it was nothing there, it was empty. And then the voice of God spoke and said, "Let there be light." That same spirit that spoke and said that be light is that same spirit that dwell in believers that are filled with the Holy Ghost. And Jesus said that we shall do greater miracles than He did. Not that we could do much better, but more, because there's more of us. If he say you can speak to that mountain and say, hence cast forth the depth of the sea, and it has to go, the same spirit that spoke is the same spirit in us, and we can have that. If we can understand who we are and whose we are, the Bible tells us. He say, if, if my father Jesus said that if a son asks for a piece of bread, will he give him a, a, a serpent, a fish, or give him a serpent, a stone for a piece of bread? God gives us the things that we need and even want. He say, if you delight my, yourself in the law of the Lord, I will give you desires of your heart. I'm excited about God. I don't have everything I desire, but I'm looking towards living again, walking streets paved with gold. Mm-hmm.
1: You know what? Why, why is it that we protect our hearts so much? And what I mean by that is because we, we build up these hopes of having things, and those things don't materialize, and then we... We, we start to protect our heart, and we believe for just a little bit, just just enough. Why why do we do that?
2: Because what we're doing, we, we, that's the trick of the enemy. He he. One thing we got to understand about God. We got to understand to be patient with God and wait. What if God gave us everything we asked for? We will be a spoiled bunch of children that will not spend much time serving him and, and, and worship him the way he is. He's a jealous God. He inhabit the praises of his people. So we have to be patient and wait. And, and you know, often we want God to bless us with a million dollars, a couple of hundred thousand dollars. But why would he do that? And some of us struggle with paying $100 out of $1,000 when it comes to tithes, giving our tithes. Well, if he can't trust us with a thousand to give a hundred, why would he give us a million? Would we give a hundred thousand? I don't think so. So you've got to be faithful with a few things, then I'll make you rule over a See, it's all about trust when it comes to God. What did he told Abraham? He told Abraham, now, I'm going to bless you with a seed now, and this seed is going to be as the stars of the sky, the sand along the seashore. Now, after the boy was 18 years old, around that time, God told him to go kill him. Now, Abraham said, hold on now. You told me he's going to be blessed, and if I kill him, how he's going to be blessed. But Abraham then staggered out. He went to the mount and told my servant, say, servant, you wait here now, because me and the lad coming back. And God had a ram in the bush. Because he was obedient. When he drew that knife back, God spoke to him. And God said this. He testified concerning uh, Abraham. He said, I I know for surety that he won't hold nothing back from me. And I paraphrase with that. God is testing us to see how much we love him. And once we pass that test, there's nothing we can't attain from God.
0: Hey, I agree with that one. (laughs) You know, when it comes down to it, it it sounds like a lot of times. Well, I, I'll just say in this in this particular account, the way to receive the blessings is just to be open to the to listening to the word. Amen. I mean, of course, you would agree <laughs> because you know. But I, and I think that's where a lot of people get caught up because they don't always hear the truth when it's spoken. So is the most important thing is not what you hear, but how you hear?
2: And God gave me a message one time. He says, not how you see it or not how you hear it, but how you perceive it. you got to perceive it or hear it. you got to perceive it through the eyes of God and hear it from the ears of God. you got to hear it as a believer should hear. Um, we have not because we ask not, once again. And when we ask for something, we ought to understand that it's going to come in God's time and when God chooses to do it, then we need to accept God's will. Now I asked the question in past Sunday school, I say, what is the greatest miracle to see? Someone get up out the coffin at the at the funeral or to see somebody walk in the church and give their life to Christ. And most of them say, well, you know, that funeral is pretty awesome but that's not the greatest miracle. The miracle is when somebody who was once lost now is found. Somebody who was once blind now can see. Look at Paul, that was a miracle. And God told Ananias, this servant Paul the one who crucified and hunted down the saints, this one is going to have to go before kings and nations to witness to them, and he's going to suffer great things for my name's sake. We have to understand that we will suffer. We have to understand that we're going to go through things. We're going to have to understand there's nothing too hard for God. We can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthened us. God is just sitting there and just waiting for us to come to him in a humble way, and we can have whatever we will in his time. It's about his time and not our time. we got to be patient. Hope I answered that question. I, I, when it comes to the Word of God, I just I'm, I'm like a, a Jesse Owens on the track field. I love it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, that's awesome, man. I tell you the truth, that that is really awesome. You, you know what? Uh, I, I um I talk with a lot of people all the time, and there's a lot of people that's been hurt. Uh, Brian and I, we talk with a lot of ladies that have been raped and molested, and uh, same thing with, with some of the men. And we come across these people, and some of them still have a lot of anger, they're still bitter, and they're struggling with this thing called forgiveness. How how can someone find it in their heart to forgive someone that hurt them on such a, a, a nasty and violent way? And, and I'm talking about the rape and the molestation. Um when I talk with people and they ask me about that, on how can they forgive, I always use the uh, Christ dying on the cross as an example. The things that He went through, but some sometimes that's not good enough because uh, a lot of the people that we talk to don't know Christ. So using an example is really, really, it's really tough. Well, what what can we say to them to try to get to the ease their mind so that they can uh, learn to forgive others and move forward?
2: Well. When you're speaking of someone that's not a believer, first of all, it's a great amount of vengeance there. So we must understand that 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 if that's what's going to take to relieve them is vengeance, we must comfort them and let them know that he's going to get what's due unto him. Uh, but as a believer, the more God you get in you, the more you become like God, and the more you can love those that mistreat you. He tells us to pray for those that mistreat us and despisefully use us. Uh, he say if you don't learn to forgive, uh, your heavenly Father won't forgive you. We are constantly trespassing and sinning against God. He say even our righteousness is like filthy, dirty rags in his sight. So if we can't forgive those, then he won't forgive us. So forgiving is something that uh, is very, it's like the tires on the callet Okay, you got your key, you got your tire. Uh, if you can't forgive, then it's always going to be a stumbling block, a hindrance for you to move forth in any any part of your life because there's a spot in your heart that's always going to be there and you're going to be reserved for certain things. You're going to miss out on things because you're so reserved because of that spot in your heart. And only God can remove that.
0: Mm. So let me ask this question. How do you begin to receive? Because I'm I'm trying to stay on this same theme because I, I know somebody out there is still trying to figure this thing out. So let's say you want to receive, but what's the starting point?
2: The spotter point is, 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 is Romans 10, eight and 9, confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Once you have already accepted Christ, then you have the greatest gift of all. You've got to get excited about the first gift anyway. Once you get this first gift and understand that this gift is yours, then you get, you get into the word of God and start enjoying it. And, start. and I tell people all the time, you have to remind God of his word. It's not that he does not know. You let him, let him know that you know. And when you pray, you pray the word of God. God, you said in your word, whatsoever I ask for, I shall have. God, you said in your word, if you want me to prosper and be in good health, even as my soul prosper. Now, that's the key word. I thank God for that. We want to go places and receive things from God, but our spirit, man, is dying. But if you can grow spiritually, then all these other things will be added unto you. First of all, we got to seek God. First of all, we got to get a relationship with God. He said, I will make it rain on the just as well as the unjust. We need to look around us and really understand. He's saying all things give thanks. Believe it or not, we are more blessed than what we think we are because we don't pay attention to the ultimate blessing. God blesses us every day in small things, but we fail to acknowledge them. We wait for the check to come in the mail. We wait for payday. We wait for somebody to give us something. We bless all the time. And we must acknowledge our blessings towards God every day and all the time. Mm. And the more you acknowledge him for the small things, the more things he will give you because God wants to be praised. He has to be praised. He's worthy to be praised. So if that's a starting point, just just start giving them praise. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Just get excited about who he is. If he doesn't do anything for us, he's already done enough. We should praise him for not what he's doing. We should praise him for what he has already done.
1: Mm -hmm. That's some good bread there, Brian. Yes, sir. That's some good bread, I tell you. I, I was just talking with someone today. Brian and I, we were talking about that filthy rag. And we were talking about um, I can't remember exactly everything that we talked about, but my my mind was on the ones that thinking that they are all of that. They think that they've made it to the top, but they don't even realize that they're nothing more than a, than a filthy rag. Oh yeah. yeah, and they and they look down on other people, and you see them all the time in the churches when people come in and they're pretty much uh, flipping that flipping you off, and and, and they're just not being Christ-like, and and a lot of times that turn a lot of people off that that are trying to come into the church. A lot of the guys that are on the street that may come in with their pants sagging, and, and the girls that come in look that the ones that look like a boy, but it's a the reason they're coming in there, and we judge them, and we look down on them, and they and 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 I think, tell me if I'm wrong, but that's the closest thing to. Uh, Christ, that they have is when they see the people in the church. So, when they see those people not acting accordingly and doing the things that they're supposed to do and they're mistreating them, a lot of times they just give up and go back on the street.
0: You know, the First Division
2: of Psalms tell us that blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly no standeth in the way of sinners. And a lot of times when we fail to represent God, we're standing in the way of a sinner. When a sinner comes into the church that's looking not the way we think they ought to look, the Bible says, come as you are. That's when we should come down and greet them, come down and treat them with the utmost respect. Jesus said, if I had a hundred sheep, And one went astray. I leave the nine and nine and go after the one. we got to understand that we as Christians, we are the greatest greatest commodity in all the universe, but yet we're all the Jesus some people ever see. And if we don't represent Christ, we're going to cause them to not to see Christ. They have to see Christ in us in order to get to Christ. And once that seed is planted, that person that comes in the church looking like they're looking, God has brought them there. And if we misrepresent God, then that blood is upon our hands. So we have to let our light shine. You know, the Bible says we are the salt of the earth. Salt purifies. Salt, salt. And if that salt is not purifying, then that salt is good for nothing but to be cast out and trotted on the foot of man. So if we are the salt, then we ought to preserve those things of God. When they see us coming, they ought to see God and not us.
0: Wow, well said, well said. You know, I was listening to, of all people today, Rush Limbaugh, and he talked about salt. He was saying something crazy. And it made me think about how a lot of times people will take the word and twist it. Mm -hmm. Do you believe, uh, and I'll I'll just talk about a little bit about what he was saying. He was saying how the uh, state of New York or the city of New York City or whatever was talking about going to these establishments and having them limit the amount of salt they put in the food. And he was saying something, if we are the salt of the earth, then shouldn't we be out there Why should they be limiting our salt? You know, so of course it was kind of stretching what the word says, but, you know, a lot of people will go out and they'll say that, oh, the Lord blessed me with this, and you'll look at it and they'll say, well, what did he bless you with? Oh, he blessed me with getting this lottery ticket so that I could win the lotto, you know, (laughs) and so a lot of people will say it's a blessing, but do you believe that, All these things are blessings, or could they be receiving a curse in the form of a blessing?
2: Well, it's hard to say, and sometimes they do receive a curse. Um, God has given the devil some power, but God is almighty. Uh, All-powerful, but the devil can do some things and give you some things that will make you think you are blessed of God, but like you say, it could be a trust, a curse, it could be a trap that's setting you up to take your soul to destroy you, so we have to use wisdom when it comes to God, even what Rush Limbaugh said today, he twisted the word of God. Uh, he talked about thought, but the spiritual sense, He, if you don't have the Spirit of God in you, then you can't rightly divide the word of truth. So what he was talking about was very contrary to the word of God. And if a person wins the lottery and they say that God bless him with the lottery, then I, I challenge that question. Um, uh, we look through a glass darkly Now I don't know all about God, but I do know, according to the Bible, that God does not deal in, in things pertaining to the world. He told us to come out from the world and be separate, says the Lord. So I, I have a problem with that. but. God is awesome. I can't put God in a box. Uh, uh, I, I refuse to do that. So if, he, if God blesses them in any way he chooses to do it, then um, I'm willing to accept that. But I don't think he would do it to me because, first of all, I won't play the lottery.
1: Because <laughs> I fear
2: God. So if you really fear God, then you're going to stay away from those things that pertain to the world. Mm. You say, touch not hell or not the things of the world. So it, it, I, when the lottery first came out in Florida, there was a preacher up north won the lottery. And he confessed to be a preacher, and he won the lottery. Well, I haven't heard much from him. I don't know how well he's doing now. That money could very well have been a curse to him or took him away from God. The devil will give you things that take you away from God. I mean, when God blessed me with that escalator, I'm not going to wash it on Sunday morning. It's going to be washed on Saturday nights, preparing for Sunday morning. I'm not going to let that get in the way of my walk with God. And a lot of times we don't get our blessing because God knows it's going to be a stumbling block.
0: Amen, brother. <laughs> some of us, yeah. Some of us, uh, some of us
1: can't really handle the dreams that we have. And one thing that I do when I talk with people about dreams, anybody that know me, I, I, I mean, they'll tell you. I tell them all the time: prepare, prepare yourself for the things that you want. And Amen. I always use an example of a little boy or a little girl that that's hungry for Christmas, and they may want a special toy. And they'll tell that parent, you know, I want this toy. And you'll hear them talking about it, Pastor Wilbur, but I'm sure you did it when mean, you were a little. And Brian, yes, sir. You, mm-hmm. you, you talk about this gift that you want so much around the house, and, and it's getting closer and closer to Christmas. And as a parent, that parent will hear. They know what you want. They hear what you're saying. And they may go to a store, and that store don't have that particular thing that you're looking for. And they'll tell them, well, um, uh, Mr. And Mrs. Wilborn, you have to go on the other side of town to get this toy. They have it. I'll see if I can call them and tell them to hold it for you. Yes, sir. And and and, and because you want your you don't want your child to be disappointed for on Christmas. That's the last thing that you want. You jump in your car and ride all the way across town. Alabama. They, they they're supposed to hold it, but they didn't hold it for you. They tell you it's at yes, another place. And you do this back and forth all day until you get that gift. And I always say, why did they do that? They did that because that child was working his faith. And those parents did not want to let that child down. And I truly believe that God is the same way. When we work our faith,
2: he's not
1: going to let us down.
2: And that's amazing. I thank God for that because it brings me back to a story as a child. When I first started driving, uh, I would go to my parents on the weekends, and I would ask for the car. And they would say no quickly. But I learned how to encourage them to say yes, because the first thing they would say, well, you ain't cleaned the room up, you ain't mowed the yard. And then I figured out, so what I need to do, I need to go clean the yard up, mow the yard, get it nice and pretty, go clean the room up, get it nice and pretty, do all those things that I'm supposed to do, and then go ask for the car. And then my dad would look around, and he, he, it was hard for him to say no because everything was already done. That's like God. When I go before God, I done gave my tithe. I done gave my offering. I don't line up with the word of God. I haven't did anybody wrong. And then I can go before God, and I can ask what I will, and I shall receive because I covered my bases.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: When I found out about my dad, sometimes he would just he would say, well, no, not this week. I'll give it to you next week. Now I got a whole seven days of plan because I know I'm getting it next week. So everything's covered.
1: That's just like you know, and that's the same. Sorry, Brian, to cut you off, but that's the same thing as when we're going to God with something. He's not saying no. He's just saying, okay, not right now. Not right now. Not right now. And we get so frustrated because He didn't give it to us when we wanted. And but it doesn't work like that. Go ahead, Brian. I'm sorry.
0: You know, I was just going to say, you know, a lot of times He doesn't give it to you because He knows the danger it may be in giving it to you that weekend. I, I recall when my nephew wanted to go over to Tampa to hang out with one of his cousins, and my sister wouldn't let him go. You know, and he kept fussing, oh, you treat me like a baby, you do this, you do that. Well, that same weekend, that that boy, just his cousin just happened to be hanging out with some guys, and these guys said, hey, man, take us over to St. Pete to see these girls or whatever. And the next thing you know, these guys rob people, and they're in his car. You know, he doesn't know that they've gone in and robbed these girls. And then the police pick them up, and they're all in jail for armed robbery. You know, and, of course, he just gave them a ride. He didn't know they were going to rob some people. You know, and my my nephew would have been in the car with them. You know, so a lot of times it's like when we say, no, maybe next weekend, it's because we may feel that impending danger. And that's the way God is. He doesn't, He's not going to put you in danger. Amen. He's not going to put you in a situation where you can't get out of it. He always leaves a way out, just like when with the Israelites. He always left a remnant of the people because he always left his people a way out of the mess.
2: Amen. God is good. You, we have to understand just how much God loves us. Um, the Bible says that God is a spirit. Well, to, to make it plain and simple, the spirit took on the clothing of the flesh. The spirit robed itself in the likeness of sinful flesh, and He came down through these four and two generations to save a wretch like you and I, to bring us back into fellowship with God. And in Genesis three fifteen, the Bible say that God cursed the seed of the woman, and He cursed the seed of the serpent. So there will always be hostility between mankind and the devil. It, God made that curse. He made that hatred. He made that envy. He made that hostility. So it will always be a war going on between the the Man in in the spirit of the devil, so we can't we can't bypass that. We got to go through that. We got to understand that he's always going to be chasing us. He's out to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, "I came that you might have life, and have it more abundantly. I came that I can give you what you need to destroy the works of the enemy." Mm-hmm. I preached this message one time from. Uh, uh, St. Matthew, the 16th chapter, where Jesus said, Upon this rock I shall build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. The the subject was, the devil can't touch this. He
0: can't touch
2: this. Because God already said that we're more, he cannot touch this. He may entice me, he may give me temptation, I may stumble, I may even fall from time to time. But the Bible says a just man can fall seven times and he will be restored. God loves us. We got to understand how much he loves us. He say his blessings, his mercies renewed every morning. Weeping may endure for a night, but you better believe joy cometh in the morning. He said, don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. When I go to bed at night, I seek God. I say, God, what did I do today that I need to improve on tomorrow? Talk to me, God. Let me know. I want to know how to live pleasing unto you. If I talk to somebody the wrong way, if I looked at them the wrong way, let me know in my heart so that I can improve the next day, so that I can be a better representative of you the next time I see that individual.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Talk with God. He He said, come now, let us reason together, say the Lord. He's an awesome God, and I love him.
1: It's so important for us to know the word. If we don't know the word, we're
2: just lost. You're just lost. And so many people Look to somebody else to give them the word. The greatest teacher is the Holy Ghost. He, once again, he said, for those who hunger and thirst after the righteousness shall be filled. My greatest teacher, my greatest time with God when I sit down and I study, I take one scripture and I look it up in Hebrew to see what that means. Because the Bible has been translated so many times that we need to go back to what the root word means. We need to know what it means. Find it out, God. I want to know what it meant in the beginning when He said this. The name, the name Peter. Peter's name was Simon. Simon meant small rock, little rock. But God has so many great works for, for for Simon to do. He changed it to Peter. Peter means big rock. Mm-hmm. We, we we talk about we talk about uh, uh, the blind Bartimaeus. He was blind from from birth. He was blind. But his name, Bartimaeus, means I can see. So his father and mother named him Bartimaeus, which means I can see. So when Jesus called him, he didn't call him blind Bartimaeus. He called him, I can see, come here. So when Jesus spoke and said, I can see, well, come here, the boy began to see. Mm-hmm. So we have to be careful how we name our children. We got to be careful because every time, let's take, for example, the man named Legion. His father and his, his mother called him Legion, which means men. So every time they called him Legion, they was calling demons. Amen. Wow. <laughs> so w- w- when Jesus came, Jesus cast the demons out. He reversed the curse. So when he went home, who was waiting on him? Many. <laughs> hmm you look at the Bible, you look at all those names. Everybody was given a name for a reason, and that name meant something. i tell you, uh, I think it was uh, Eli named his two sons. Those two sons that he named had bad names, and they died because they was evil. You can, you can name a child. Every time you call that child's name, you're calling that, you speaking that thing into them. The Bible says there's life and death in the power of the tongue. You tell that child he's not going to be none, his daddy wasn't none, his granddaddy wasn't none, guess what? He's going to believe that he's not going to be nothing because he's eating what he's hearing. You're consuming what you're hearing. That's like the Word of God. If you stay under a preacher and a pastor's not teaching the Word of God, he becomes a cult because you are believing and eating at the table that he's feeding you with. And you're going to start living the very thing that he's feeding you. That's why it's important to get into a church where the pastor is teaching the unadulterated Word of God. He needs to be teaching there's holiness or hell
0: because we are what we eat.
1: And that's so true there.
2: Amen.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. You know... And, and keeping with this same theme and, and you'll probably say he asking me another question about Steven. <laughs> yeah, you know, but I wanna to keep to on this. I wanna yes, keep sir. on this because this is good stuff. You know, a lot of people and you know, I've talked to some, even when I talk to people about the show, they say, Oh, I need to I need to receive, I need to receive. What is the most important thing about receiving? Because you know, and I'll just line it with this the Bible says it is better to give than to receive. So what's the most important thing about receiving?
2: I hear the Spirit of the Lord telling me it's acknowledging where it comes from. Um, when you receive, no matter what it is, you need to acknowledge and give God the thanks. Once again, He's a jealous God, so you got to acknowledge where it's coming from. Uh, when I woke up this morning, I thank God for waking me up. I know it was an alarm clock because the, I had the to first hear the clock for it to go off. So therefore, God gave me life to be able to hear the clock before it went off, before it can go off. So I got to thank God for life, health, and strength. I may not have the house that I want now, but I thank God for what I got. I may not drive the car that I want to drive now, but I thank God for a car. And all things give thanks. So we must acknowledge him in order to receive the next time. So if you get to the point that you don't want to acknowledge him and giving him thanks for what he's done, then he may not do anything the next time. Mm-hmm. So receiving, believing, acknowledging.
1: Why is it so hard for people to believe? i? That's something that a lot of people struggle with, and I'm and I, you know what I'm on and I'm starting to believe that a lot of people have they they feel the same way about believing and forgiving. Why are those well, so, two things so hard for people to grasp?
2: Because we we have a tendency of thinking that it's by our own merits. Uh, salvation is a gift, not a works that any man should boast. And we feel that we have the strength. We go to work. We we, we work for this paycheck and we got it. So why should we believe God gave it to us when I work for it? Well, what if he didn't give you the strength to go down there and work for it? Everything goes back to God. Everything starts at the foundation that God started with. We woke up. He created us. He created us in his own image. And once we keep that in the forefront of our mind that everything starts with God. It starts with God and it ends with God. I am athlete omega we get caught up thinking we done this and we did it with our own power no god gave us the ability to do everything that we do
1: and and, and that believing part is it just seems like that is the thing uh, especially with the way the economy is now people losing their jobs and their homes and they're just losing so much and you see so many people out there just killing and, and going on rampages and just doing all different types of things and the enemy I, I, I bet he's just as happy as he could be every time something like this is happening and and we know that he's in the midst of a lot of it. But but, but but those but to those that are that, that are just hanging on by a thread, that want to just give up, what what can you say to them? That 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 word, what can you give them?
2: Hold on, change is coming. God sees your hurt, God sees your pain, uh he will come and he will not tarry. Um God loves us so much, and a lot of things we go through, he has us to go through it so that we can actually acknowledge him. A lot of times we fail to acknowledge him and God will get you to a point so that you can look up. He laid me on my bike in the hospital for several days until I got the mind to look up. When I looked up and gave him the praise and gave him the glory, he took me off my bike and put me back on my feet. So a lot of times we go to things so to God so we can appreciate who God is. If every day was a and shining day, we wouldn't appreciate the we, we, we wouldn't appreciate the rain. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we have to have some rain in our life. There was an old song. If you haven't seen any rain lately, wait a while.
0: <laughs> I give you another example.
2: I give you another example. Uh, uh, Second Corinthians seven and fourteen tells us. He said, "If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves, pray, and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, he said, then I will heal the land." See, a lot of the things that are going on in society today, because the church is not taking a rifle. Our rifle was a rightly responsibility in society. Uh, since uh, Obama's been in the office, have you heard of a national day of fast for all our spiritual leaders around? We need to stand up. We, uh, sin is not in the land. Sin is in the man. Sin is in the man, and we need to pray and seek God to deliver this country. We don't need a, a, stimulus, a stimulus plan. We need to get back in God's hands. And God will make the plan. He will change this world around. But we start taking God out of things, and then that's when where the mess starts.
0: Wow, he said the sin is not. I mean, the, the healing is not in the plan. It's, it's wait, right. say it again. I say again. I want to make sure <laughs> I don't mess that up.
2: I say sin, sin is not in the land. Sin is in the man, and the healing is not in the plan. It's in the hand of God. <laughs>
0: He's oh boy, I got to write that one down. He, I don't want to mess, mess that, that up when, when I tell it. somebody tomorrow.
2: Oh, he's gonna
1: mess it up. He's gonna, he's gonna say fruit was in the hand. And, oh <clears> Lord, listen
0: and, 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 and to you, Greg. It. I can't oh, believe you say that. Hey, it's gonna <laughs> be
1: upside down. You can believe that. Amen. <laughs> but you know, I'm gonna get
0: that down, Pack. I like that right there.
1: Yeah, we 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 love having you on the show. Let's give out your information as far as speaking engagements and and a way that people can contact you. Uh, we, we we want, uh, you're even open to the people over in Africa. Though. Thank you so much for listening. And We, we definitely, Amen. if you would, contact the pastor. If you want to fly him over there, you just fly him over there. He don't mind. He'll go anywhere, I believe.
2: Yes, sir. I sure will. Uh, this is the this, this is the gift and this is the ministry that the Lord gave me concerning teaching people and encouraging people how to receive the blessings of God. And I'm in the midst of starting a book and I, I want people to know how to be blessed because a lot of people miss seeing God because they miss seeing the blessings in the people of God. So please give me a call at eight five zero. Three four five six two zero three. Once again, it's eight five zero three four five six two zero three, and i would be glad to talk with you at any time. I'm a, I have a heart of a pastor, heart of a shepherd. It's all about saving souls. It's all about encouraging people and teaching people. And I go anywhere the Lord sends me. I won't hesitate. And I say, God, here am I. Send me. I will go. Amen. Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. Amen. You know, we we love having you on because I mean, from start to finish, you just be on fire. (laughs) <laughs> I love the Lord. I love the Lord, Bye.
2: and I I want you next time to meet my wife. She's a gospel artist, and she's a fiery evangelist and prophetess. And our ministry is a, a powerful ministry and we, in the name of His Holy Temple, miraculous works. We believe that we're going to do greater things than Jesus did. If Jesus did it, and He said that we shall do it, then we believe that we're going to do that because we are a child of God, and we hold to the fight. So the next time, I want my wife to come, and she has an angelic voice, and she's an awesome woman of God, and we work together as a team in ministry. So feel free to give us a call. We don't mind traveling. We don't mind going and doing the work of the Lord.
1: Awesome. We're definitely going to get your information out there. Send out the CDs and email the shows all over the place. So if anybody's listening, just go on our site, slash forward slash ASE Motivation, and just share the show so people can be blessed. And I know a lot of people out there are hurting and going through But I tell you what, if you share this, I tell you, it will lighten the load for that person.
2: And I would love to do motivational speaking within churches and within small groups, men's ministry. Uh, That's part of the vision that God has given me to go encourage men. Uh, There's a lot of men that leave prison and don't get the right response when they come out. Well, God has a word for me to encourage them through. Awesome. Awesome. Amen. That's good stuff.
1: That's good stuff.
2: Amen. I enjoy you guys and I love you guys. And I hear the Lord saying, just your work and your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So keep plumbing the line and keep encouraging people. And by and by and after, a while, all those things that you sought the Lord for, they shall come and will not tarry. That's right. Thus says the Lord. That's right.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Man, Amen. we thank you for coming on. You know, we always enjoy talking with you. And like Amen. I said, you always be on fire when we get out. Look. As a couple of times I had to get on up and, you know, just move around <laughs> a little bit. I didn't want to tear nothing up in my office, so I just got out in the open.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, you know, as always, you've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, and we enjoy tonight. We hope that you've learned something. Please go back, listen to the show, write down some of the things that you heard. If you didn't get a chance to listen to the show earlier, send this out to your friends so they can be encouraged and so they can also be taught, you know, the... Even those that think they know everything, the Bible says that even those that know they must be taught again.
1: Brian, you know, I'm paraphrasing,
0: have, but that's the truth.
1: Right. They need to have discussion groups. Get together and talk about it. Go. Over absolutely,
0: absolutely. Because you know, just like uh, the pastor said, you know, we got to be, we got to, we got to fix this thing, you know, and we got to do it through the power of Christ. You know, yeah. we can't wait on Obama because you know, Obama's just a man just like we are, and we can't depend on men. We got to depend on the Word. And we've got about 12 seconds left. I just want to tell everybody to please join us on Wednesday night as we'll have another great and exciting show. With that being said, we hope we've helped you be more, do more, and have more. Good evening and God bless.